Today, I am reviewing Children of Blood and Bone by Tommy Adiemi. I apologize if I mispronounced her name. It is Martin Luther King Day, by the way. And I got the second book and I started reading it. I'm just like, oh, let me go review this one first because I just don't want to get ahead of myself. And I'm just going to feel bad about myself if I don't get on here and review this book first before I just dive right in. I feel like that's a little selfish of me. But this book is so good. I know I didn't let you guys know I was reviewing this book. It was really spur of the moment and I recommend you guys getting the book, reading it, and then coming back and listening to this because this book is really a good book and I don't want to spoil it for you. But heads up, this is going to be a spoiler and I'm just going to get into all the characters. Of course, the main character, Zelly, and her relationships with all the characters as well because I find this one theme in all her relationships and that's having to evolve through crisis all of her relationships when it comes to her mother her father her brother amari and non there is just so much crisis um, that plays out in all these relationships and aside from the relationships i want to get into magic that whole concept and i just want to get into being black you know, especially because it's Martin Luther King Day. And there's just so many things to address about this. She brought up a lot of memories. And it starts off really at the beginning of the book where she she brings up colorism. And I could really relate to this because although it's cool now or it's more acceptable now to be of a darker shade and to have kinkier hair, when I was growing up, it was not. And in fact, you were looked at as less desirable, less attractive, not appreciated at all for having this skin tone, me being brown skin. And I remember all the boys wanting to get with the light-skinned girls. And if you were mixed, that was a plus, you know? Everybody wanted to be with the mixed girls. Um, if you had wavy hair or looser kinks in your hair, that was a plus as well. So it just runs so deep, the trauma of growing up black and being black, because it's one thing to be looked at from society, you know, others as being less than, but when there's hatred going on amongst each other, there's a different type of trauma there not being us not accepting each other and finding ways to divide ourselves even more uh, that's such a big deal and it was such a big deal growing up and i don't think we realize how much of a big deal it was i don't think the boys realize that i just remember them carrying a brush like it was literally glued to their hand and just constantly trying to wave out their hair and every two seconds the kinks will come back and constantly going at it again with the brush and how problematic that is and how problematic it was to try to fit into this ethnicity that we just are not you know the more you look like caucasians or white the more accepted you were the more we're looked at as aliens for having this hair like people just can't explain it
And because it's not the norm, it's looked at or was looked at as, say, ugly and not acceptable. And there's just so many things that are just wrong with that. And there's just so many things that we still have to unlearn and correct. And I don't think we understand how deep the wounds really go when it comes to the divide within our own community and how colorism plays such a big part in that. We need to teach our children how to love themselves and teach them about our roots and who we are. And I really appreciate how in the book she praises our hair. Because if you think about it, we literally have a geometric pattern, the spiral coming out of our hair. It is literally our crown. And we need to be proud of that. You know, we need to teach our children to be proud of that and not want to change that. So I really appreciate her addressing that. The strong appearance of the black woman and how strong we have to be because of our trauma and our struggles, right? The whole idea of sacrifice, that's a big one that comes up in this book. And we see Zelie constantly having to sacrifice so much. Let's just get into her relationships, right? Evolving through crisis constantly in her relationships. Right off the bat, losing her mother, losing her mother through slaughter, like watching her mother being slaughtered. Can you imagine how traumatic that is? And because of her bloodline, her being slaughtered, because other people cannot understand their blood, their tribe. I could really, really relate to that. What did that do to her as a child? We see how it played out with Baba, her father, right? How he just, after the mother was slaughtered, he just wasn't the same. And it just brings up this whole idea of children having to take care of their parents and not being able to be children. How difficult that must have been. You see in her relationship with Amari, the rage and the jealousy and the envy. There's just so much, the relationship with her, her brother and she's just constantly being looked at as a, diff a disappointment for who she truly is. But what I really love about, one line that I really love in this book is uh, Mama Alegba, or was it Alegba? But she said, let your feeling be your eyes. And I feel like Zelly truly embodies that. And she also embodies the Orisha Oya so well. Like she has all her character traits. I feel like the author did such a good job with putting the Orishas in there and teaching us a little bit about the Orishas. I would love to learn more about the Orishas. But let's get into this magic, right? I'm going to speak about more of her having to evolve through crisis, but a little bit about the magic. It brings up this it says in the book actually that we are all children of blood and bone i'm sorry my son is home and he's just having a blast upstairs but she says at the end towards the end of the book we are all children of blood and bone and i really didn't understand why inan got his powers why did inan have powers and all for what to just betray her like this part of the book really, really upset me because she already had to deal with so much. Let's just talk about this relationship between Anand and Zelly, right? 
me reading the book at first i thought oh my gosh this is like a twin flame book and i really got so into it like this is a twin flame relationship and i really got so into it that i'm thinking it's gonna re end in like some romantic way but no <laughs> but no Inan and his relationship with his father is just so complicated and i feel like a lot of boys with their fathers feel like they have something to prove no matter how much of a dirtbag their father was because i mean this guy was truly a dirtbag like he was the worst of the worst but still wanting to prove and honor him it was just just so telling because i see that go on in relationships with sons and fathers all the time whether the father's just not really in their life and they still feel like they have something to prove to their father or just still feeling like they have to live up to their father and you could see Anand's heart is completely different from his father's but still going against who he is to to be like him that was a lot and back to Zelie and Anand I just uh, it just makes me cringe talking about it because I really fell in love with them like oh my gosh like they're destined to be but the betrayal just goes so deep and I understand why Anand was confused right you know he's brought up by this king that's telling him that magic is evil and then he finds out that magic is in him it's in his blood and he's so confused by it. And I could really understand it. Like something taking over you and you're not understanding what it truly is, right? He, the book um, talks about him, his magic was being a connector, I think it was, a connector. And him being able to tap into Zelly and take over her dream space and take over her mind and all this other stuff like that. And I could completely understand him trying to figure out what what is this and why is this even okay like so i could understand why he could still consider that of no good or as evil like his father said but after all he witnessed the memories that he was able to tap into with zelly to be able to betray her at the end to prove something to his father only to die at the hands of his father ugh wow that was she did a really good job with that that was really um a twist because i'm just like there's no way that his perspective of zelly could be this deep and passionate and then all to have it betray her at the end like it was just heartbreaking for me i was so mad if i was zelly i would have to kill him myself like i was just so pissed off oh there's just so much that went into this book and the sacrifice right because she's constantly having to sacrifice sacrifice when she had when she met amari that sacrifice right having to sacrifice her safety for amari and just trusting and taking her with her under her wing and how that really just oh my god blew up in her face having her whole village destroyed because of this one choice that she made and again look being looked at as again a failure all because she's following her heart having again having to sacrifice saving baba all for it to be taken away from her for her father to be taken away from her too oh that was just so hurtful and the whole destiny 
thing. Him being the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate blood sacrifice. Her having to lose her other, her other parent to get the magic back. It was just like, oh my gosh. No wonder why she has to have such a hard surface. She is constantly evolving through crisis. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. Like you just don't know where you're heading, but you know you have to just keep on taking one step forward. And you just feel drawn to something, but you just can't explain it. You don't know why it's happening. And just having to go against all odds and follow your destiny. I know a lot of African women and Jamaican women as well. And we are built as strong. We have to be so strong. We are very strong women. And I love the way she represents that in the book as well. I feel like this book needs to be a movie. And they need to have Beyonce's album as the whole, like, you know, theme throughout the movie. It would go so well. But I hope they turn this into a movie or like a miniseries. Because it was just so, so, so good. The romance just really upset me, though. Like, the betrayal and again showing that she has such a good heart like how vulnerable she was for anon all for it to be ripped out of her like there's some things that you just can't understand like why do you have to go through certain things to get to the end goal like why did you have to go through that much pain to get there you know but you see that all the characters in the books had their their different types of pain like amari although she was considered entitled and privileged. The pain that she had to go through being raised in such an environment with a, uh, oh my God, the father was just terrible. He was just really a terrible person. And at first I'm a, I was upset with the non, but thinking about the conditioning that that boy had his whole life, no wonder why he made that decision at the end. Brothers are always right because her brother was so pissed when she got with him. And I'm just like, dad, why do brothers always have to be right? But the book is such a, such a good book. And actually, I want to end off with reading the author's note because it was really, really good. And I feel like it's so fitting for this time, especially because it's Martin Luther King Day. And it really touched me. I shed many tears before I wrote this book, many tears as I revised it. And even as it sits in your hands now, I know that I will shed tears again. Although riding giant lioners and performing sacred rituals might be in the realm of fantasy, all the pain, fear, sorrow, and loss in this book is real. Children of Blood and Bone was written during a time where I kept turning on the news and seeing stories of unarmed black men, women, and children being shot by the police. I felt afraid, angry, and helpless, but this book was the one thing that made me feel like I could do something about it. I told myself, if just one person could read it and have their hearts or minds changed, then I would have done something meaningful against a problem that often feels so much bigger than myself. Now this book exists and you are reading it. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. But if this story affected you in any way, all I ask is that you don't let it stop within the pages of this text. If you cried for Zulika and Salim, cry for the innocent children like Jordan Edwards, Tamar Rice, and Iana Stanley Jones. 
They were 15, 12, and 7 when they were shot and killed by the police. If your heart broke for Zelie's grief over the death of her mother, then let it break for all of the survivors of police brutality who've had to witness their loved ones taken firsthand. There are just a few tragic names in the long list of black lives taken too soon. Mothers ripped from daughters, fathers ripped from sons, and parents who will live the rest of their lives with the grief no parent should have to know. This is just one of the many problems plaguing our world, and there are so many days when these problems still feel bigger than us. But let this book be proof to you that we can always do something to fight back. As Zali says in the ritual, we are all children of blood and bone. And just like Zali and Amari, we have the power to change the evils in the world. We've been knocked down for far too long. Now let us rise.